0: It's Monday, November 11th, and today I talk with a couple of folks from 3Will, Pete Skelly, Bo George, and Will Holland, about last week they went to Ignite 2019, a conference from Microsoft. We'll, t- we'll talk about the key takeaways from the conference. Hope you enjoy. Hi, and welcome to the Work Together Better podcast. This is your host, Danny Ryan. This is Three official podcast about enterprise collaboration, how people, process, and technology combine to help organizations, departments, and teams work together better. Hello, and welcome to the Work Together Better podcast. This is your host, Danny Ryan. I am joined together with the group of folks who had the distinct pleasure of going to Microsoft Ignite last week. And I see, I can see visually everybody's got a nice suntan from being down in Florida. You're looking good, guys. Well rested, it was a very relaxing week of just sitting around the pool and taking it easy. And no, it wasn't that way, was it? It was a lot of stuff going on, wasn't it? A little bit of walking and uh, fluorescent suntan. <laughs> excellent, excellent. I wanted to um, meet up with you guys to find out uh, what your key takeaways were from the week. I know um, we were I was following it remotely, so getting lots of news story what was uh, coming from Microsoft. It seemed to be like the first day everything came out, like like all the news came out the first day and then as the week progressed, it slowed down. They must've, it must have just been from the embargo that they had and as soon as that was gone, they just flourished. They basically told everything, everybody told everything they know and then it was just Monday that was the big release. But I uh, uh, wanna get from you guys, I know you had a chance to go uh, do a little bit of dividing and conquering and maybe um, get your thoughts on what, uh, what you've taken away from the week. Anybody want to jump in first, or any anybody uh, feel so called to jump in? Um, I can jump in.
1: Kind of the biggest thing takeaway I, I have is really uh, I said it earlier in a conversation on, on Teams is it kind of came in the first thirty minutes of the whole event from Satya, um, uh-huh. basically saying one of the goals is to make every company an AI company. Um, And, you know, to me, pretty much every announcement that they had keyed around their investment in, as he said, making, going from being reactive with data to being proactive with data. Okay. So to me, that covers pretty much everything we saw almost across every product, whether it's Azure or Teams or SharePoint or whatever. So to me, the big takeaway was investment in and we've talked about it in our digital workplace sort of levels of uh, maturity that that our maturity from a visionary perspective is is using your business data for insights and you know that's getting there using AI or machine learning or whatever buzzword you want to throw at it Um, Microsoft seems to be investing heavily in that for us to help customers kind of achieve that goal with uh, all of their data regardless of of kind of workload if you will
0: what is it like what does it mean to be an ai business like and i'm, I'm just i wasn't there so I don't, I don't even know what what is that give me one what does that mean to a our typical customer where they're becoming an ai business so they're using what can you give me an example of maybe something that uh, just a high level example of what what that means
2: yeah, so I think like one of the uh, the common examples that they kept giving or showing uh, in all of the different uh, demos or the booths that you could go to, uh, uh-huh. they would pull up like word documents or something where like, working inside of any organization, you're a part of a project, you come up with code words and acronyms that have a lot yep. of context and meaning for yep. you and the people that you work with, but somebody coming uh, onto the team brand new has no idea what these different mm-hmm. things mean right and so um you can create a, a knowledge center and have these um you, you can teach the the ai what these different things mean or it will pick it up on its own uh and, and start to go through all of the different office apps like sharepoint word excel off uh, outlook everything and it'll it'll just find those those acronyms those code words those sorts of things to kind of help bring some of the knowledge that is built into that context to people who might not otherwise know it so You'll see uh, us the TW, for example, appears in some of our stuff frequently, you know. And Uh, that's probably a pretty obvious one but uh, it ends up being kind of a uh, an interactive element in a Word document for example you can hover over and you get a little bit of an information card nice. um, I, I think on the flip side of that too um, the, the phrase that I kept hearing was they wanted to uh, connect people to the content and the content to the people and okay. so um, that one of the things they also show a lot of is that uh, you frequently see somebody's profile card in uh-huh. office 365 and so um, it what they're gonna start doing with project core Cortex is, is having it, you know, if I deal with migrations a lot, for example, that'll be a topic that uh, Project mm-hmm. Cortex has identified in our business, and then you hover over my profile, and it will have uh, collaboration, and, and um, migrations are, you know, t- two topics that I deal a lot with, so yep. kind of help define uh, the right people to talk to about whatever topic you're looking for.
0: Nice, nice. Oh, oh those you're you muted. Sorry. Here we go.
3: <clears throat> so, so for me, you know, I, I don't know how many years it's been. It feels like it's been five or more years. I've been waiting for Microsoft's knowledge base solution, uh-huh. um, and and for the longest time, I kept thinking, when is this thing going to come out? And I think finally seeing Project Cortex and all the things that, that Will or Pete, Will and Peter, saying is that Microsoft has, you know, they didn't just want to put out a site collection and say, now let's make everybody go out there and create the knowledge management articles. And do all of this manual work to build up yeah. a knowledge base, yeah. Because that that'll always fail. And so the 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 AI stuff and the the new buzzword intelligent internet is is that that stuff is being done for you in the background based on the things you do in your internet already. So that's the the artificial intelligence part of it. And then you have the opportunity to enhance it. So if if the um, wiki article on what the the TW acronym you know, when that's produced, you can customize it and say, well, I want to add a little bit more to this and, and, you know, shape it a little bit more. And so that, you know, I, I knowledge bases, we we've all dealt with them and whether or not you just have a, a normal intranet in a digital workplace, you're going to have knowledge in there. And I think that's what Microsoft is saying is everybody needs a knowledge base, no matter how you're using SharePoint. You know, mm-hmm. if, even if you're just one of those file share people that, <laughs> You know, I I just got my stuff off the G Drive and put it in SharePoint. There's still knowledge in that, and so that that that's pretty cool.
0: So that right away when you're when you're chatting with somebody in IM, and you type in "knucklehead," it replaces it with "Danny," right? Stuff like that, where they realize it knows it's, it. Knows. It's, 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 it's got the smarts to realize right, yeah, that it, it every time somebody's Netflix. talking about a knucklehead, it's Danny. <laughs> so it's just it's it does the thinking for remember, remember that MTV commercial? <laughs> it does yeah. the thinking for Yeah. Uh,
3: Building on that too, what what, um, I thought was dead for a while was content type hubs, content type syndication, because there wasn't a lot of investment or talk about that. And and now Microsoft has, you know, they have a new managed metadata um, experience, which everybody clapped to and new content type syndication. So, you know, for a while there, it felt like metadata was dead um, to some degree, but, uh, you know, seeing that they're investing in that stuff. And that Project Cortex feeds into that because I think as it learns those acronyms, it builds out the term sets Mm. and um, populates them and uses them and all that kind of stuff. So metadata isn't dead for all of us longtime SharePoint people that used to say, we would tell our users, you just need to upload a document and fill out 80 fields. I mean, how hard is that? So, you know, now now it'll do it for you.
0: Do you guys have a favorite session that you went to sort of this is a line line, along the lines of – takeaways were there any anything that pops out that you guys were at that you was your favorite
3: i am the lucky one that went to the teepers because we had we had Uh to divide and conquer so his or his are always fun i think when i was bragging to will and pete about it afterwards they're like dang it but you know (laughs) I, i i i won that that battle and got to go to that one so it you know i think he had 24 demos which you know was a lot to go through so
0: Were they? Was he showing off primarily stuff that's coming or things available today? And then along those lines, what were what were some of the most exciting things that he showed to you?
3: I, I think it's mostly things that are coming. I can't remember some of those. We <laughs> may be there today because we're getting early previews of stuff. Um, but I mean, everything was exciting. The the hubs stuff with push. You know, hubs are getting more love too with the ability to push permissions from the hub site down to all the spokes. Um, you know, when we were doing information architectures with customers a long time, it's like there were a few things we said were good about hubs and now it feels like there's even more goodness to hub hub spoke relationships. Um, he went through so many demos so fast. I can't (laughs) think of, (laughs) I can't think of one that jumped out. um,
2: Yeah. I I went back and, um, I, I was not in the session live, but I did go back and watch it earlier today. And I think it's probably uh, – if, if there was one session to watch, that's probably the one that gives you the best oversight of all of the other sessions because he kind uh-huh. of touched on all of the big announcements for the various sessions. And then uh-huh. the other sessions were kind of going into more way more detail uh, on uh-huh. some of the various things. But like one of the things that popped out to me um, in particular just because of things that we've been dealing with for clients lately was like, he, he uh, revealed the page scheduling, for example, so you could – um, create a page in SharePoint and then set it to be published at a future date and time, which is yeah. um, a problem that we've been trying to to solve for a little while, and uh, it's been solved for us now. So yay for that! Um, yeah. I, I think uh, probably my favorite uh, session, uh, prob- maybe not the uh, the it was not the biggest one, but uh, I, my personal one was the PNP uh session one of the last ones we attended actually it was the last one we attended uh at ignite with uh, uh vessa i'm not gonna try to pronounce his last yeah. name because yeah. I'll, I'll butcher it but uh that, that was just my personal favorite I, I try to be in all of those calls and getting to see faces and and uh associate those with the voices of the people that i i uh, i hear from all the time so that was that was a, a personal pleasure
0: you guys haven't said anything about very much, or if you've said the word, I don't, I don't think you've said the word Teams yet. Which oh I was gosh, well, that's because it
2: was said all over the place. you just been been guys, it, yeah. <laughs> like, we just haven't.
0: That's yeah. We, we opened that can yeah, of worms. It's over Microsoft right team right, right now. You don't even you just like it's part of the, the water. It's like about water, right? <laughs> yeah, but I think
1: I think what Will said earlier captures Teams. I think Teams is still uh-huh. the linchpin service, right? Okay. So. They, the investment in teams is obvious. I mean, if you just look at the count of the team sessions, they invested heavily. but the, that kind of being reactive with data to moving people to being proactive with data, um, the whole team's experience overall enables kind of that single pane, pane of glass um, search, getting some serious love, um, being able to do you know gra- have graph connectors. That are custom search content. Um, all of the, the kind of takeaway that I had was, you know, umbrella takeaway. But if you want to go diving into specific sort of services or workloads, Teams gets sort of the most love. Um, yeah, there was a couple sessions that really, for me, kind of covered sort of the the common thread going through everything is is how to enable those experiences, and and Teams is just. To me, um, not only what Microsoft is investing in, but it's, it's one of those places that from a um, out of the box configuration and surfacing all the content that you get, um, it's, it really is the, the kind of one place to go. Um, but then all of the customization experiences, surfacing intelligent um, use of data for search or for you know business apps, line of business apps and surfacing those in- inside of Teams uh, there's tons of investment going on in there, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah
2: I think that's uh, one of the the like I think every session I went to at some point at some point someone said and of course this works in Teams or somehow and like <laughs> so like all of the SharePoint sessions and stuff like we went to uh, Bo and I both attended one that was about some of the new features coming to SharePoint lists and libraries. And in both cases, they'll, yeah, and this works great in Teams because of the way that we've kind of architected Teams and SharePoint to work together. So uh-huh. everything that they, all of the updates and stuff that they're making to SharePoint and that experience work in Teams just kind of uh, naturally because of the way they, they've done that. And so it, the, the, the the more you talk to people or the more you see them talk about Teams, uh especially for uh team collaboration uh that's little t team um i i they're really just trying to make it as frictionless as possible for you to do all of your collaborative efforts in teams and never have to worry about sharepoint being on the back end it's just kind of there Um, so a lot of a a lot of cool stuff is coming down the road um in 2020 or uh, maybe a little bit sooner in some cases uh to kind of help make that possible
3: well, one thing I just thought of that Danny might really be excited about is a uh, pl- uh, planner app mm-hmm. in the left rail, yes, so you can see all that. Your, all your planner tasks across all your teams, which is, yes. you know, that becomes a a challenge for us. So so that's cool. Yeah,
0: yeah. that was I think but, that was one of the biggest because um, we I did a uh, one of the I did the morning brew um, that week, so I sort of covered all of the news that came out from that first day. And I think I was I was really excited about that because if we're talking if we're talking about productivity, you can't not talk about tasks and how they roll up to groups and all that sort of stuff. And I've really been, um, you know, I've, I've been, we've all been sort of like coming back to it and really trying to to, to look at the, at how we can use uh, tasks to uh, that that are shared across groups that roll down all the way to the individual level um and so it was good to see that get pulled in the other thing i sort of laughed at was that they for year for so long like the OneNote thing where they're going to kill off OneNote, um the windows client and now they've come back and said they're going to you know now it's that they're not killing it off you guys might not have heard that but that was part of the news as well um where for so many years they've been trying to use the um that UDP app that they've developed, and uh, it just never got the feature set that they, that they, it, that needed for it to really take off on, especially in the Windows uh, platform, it really, it, and, and then really it's the same on, on Windows and, and, um, and Mac, but they had a, a older version of it that had a lot more functionality and things where you could, you could add an Outlook task inside of, you know, OneNote and actually manage your tasks from Oh look! Yeah. It's like, you got it. Like, I can't, I can't put it to do in OneNote and not have it map over to my tasks in Outlook. And, yeah. and there's, there's still a lot to get that they still have a lot of hard work to do with tasks in general. Uh, trust me, there's a lot there. I mean, it's good to see that they're, they're investing in it. And I do think they're, they are investing in it, but there's, it's still got a long way to go.
2: Yeah. So uh, as a self-described uh, task junkie, Danny, did you see yes. that you could assign tasks from uh, like Word documents
0: and stuff? Um, inside of them, like within comments? Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen that yet. I had, no, I haven't. I didn't see that. Yeah, so That's it's
2: awesome. a, I was rewatching one of the sessions and that was one of the things they were showing was the ability to have like an inline comment. You yeah. add it in Word and then and uh, it, it sends someone? them a mention in Teams and then you can open up the the you get an email and Outlook about the task and you can reply to uh, reply to it in Outlook. And that reply gets posted everywhere. And a lot of that has to do with uh, the improvements that they've been making to the Graph API to make it okay. more universal so that. Yeah um whenever you're interacting with a task or a comment in one you know one application of office 365 it's replicated everywhere so yeah you're you reply to an email and it sends off something to the graph api and then graph says hey this is attached to a comment in a sharepoint file so we'll update it there too and it just just works and they're just yeah. trying to remove the friction so you can do the work wherever it is you want to do the work mhm
0: cool that's awesome that's awesome
2: will
3: do you guys will see mention- the Oh, sorry. Well, we'll mention the graph API and, and Pete already said something about pushing content in there. So we could, you know, for search, we could push content into the graph API. There wasn't a session on this, but I was talking to the product team about graph notifications, which are in beta. And that allows push notification to your device. If, if anybody's ever done notification to iOS and Android with Verizon and Sprint, you, you know that push notifications to a phone can be a hassle. so it's kind of cool with the graph you could you know we could build something on top of that to get the notification to somebody's phone you know regardless of device Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff so that'll be cool
0: yeah along the line they they also i saw some information about um all of the you, you guys i don't know if you attended any where they uh, microsoft has all of these different connectors to different services i don't know if you if that was a part of any of the sessions that you guys went to and it sounded like it had to do with the microsoft graph but yeah. they had a this slide where it was like it was pretty much name your data source that they and i don't know how much of that's marketing or how much of that's real but it it looked like they were really trying to pull everything in through, um, you know, provide a way to uh, to get access to what we used to do with all of our connectors. There's like, you want to be able to pull in information from different uh, platforms into your, uh, whatever you happen to be working on at that point in time. And it sounds like that they're trying to do that type of thing. Yep. Yeah.
3: Uh, Will and I were in a graph connector session and, and okay. there's six, six of them out of the box, including ServiceNow. Yeah. um and and then there were like a hundreds a hundred or more from third parties or whatever so um and, and i was gonna say I, I i'm starting to realize that the graph api to developers is what teams is to customers it's like the, <laughs> the one one place yeah. for api versus one place to get <laughs> your work done
2: yeah uh, yeah i think uh beau and i we, we were uh we, we tried very hard to not be in the same session but it just kept happening that our interests would align and we'd find mm-hmm. ourselves sitting next to each other but uh like he said we were, we were both in that in that graph connector uh session and like, i think he and i both kind of had this it was news to us at the time and um like he and I both just kind of looked at each other and and we're thinking like oh this is this is big. Um because like mm-hmm. one of the questions we get a lot dealing with enterprise clients is I've got all of this data in other non office 365 environments or other yeah. tenants.
0: Yeah.
2: Um and I I can't search that and, and our our answer has been yeah, you can't. Well, soon yeah. maybe you can. And yeah. so that was uh that was a pretty pretty big <laughs> Well uh, Bo not we're kinda of like nudging each other, getting all excited about <laughs> that. So was a, that was a good one. Yeah. What or or, the...
3: or it was like a big hybrid configuration on premise to something, something it was like a nightmare scenario to crawl stuff and now it'll be better.
0: The flow got a new name. What what was all the stuff with that? <laughs> or what is is that right? It's... Yeah, yeah. So they yeah. they've
2: rebranded it to uh to power automate. Okay. Um and then uh, the the funniest part of, of all of Ignite was watching every Microsoft person stumble
3: sadious, over that. <laughs> and, and we're still not sure what we call the instances now. Is it a is it a power automation or is it a autom- automaton?
2: My vote's Autobot
0: because
2: <laughs> I want to talk about having like whenever you get an issue, the Decepticons are uh, taking Autobots. Are
0: nice nice what else anything else that you guys are taking away from the week that you'd like to share
3: this is this is gonna sound a little little bad but you know ha- having been with SharePoint for whatever years we've had 12 13 15 500 I don't know um, you know classic publishing portals had a lot of features that people have been kind of crying for a long time about with modern not supporting those uh, yeah. one of my Favorites was the ability to customize the search results page now, which, you know, we used to add refiners and, and customize the search results and all that stuff now and with adaptive cards, customizing the search results page um, and doing all that kind of stuff, which the PNP community has with the modern search web parts. I think we're finally getting back to that ability to make, make search your own, um, which is awesome. Um, so, and then some of the multilingual Publishing for pages too, which was really cool. So you can, you know, write it in English and then kick off your translations and have people Create the translated version and people can see it in their preferred language. That's awesome You know, so that I think what what I, I my takeaway too is that Microsoft has looked at classic and all of the things that work yeah. Bad there and they've taken their time to do it better in yeah. modern.
0: Yeah You guys I was at, even in a conversation today with a with a client and we were discussing they had done a a release of um, on SharePoint, and a lot of the things that they were looking for came out right when they deployed. <laughs> like they were waiting for you know things like with Mega Menu and with certain things that were out there, and we got into this I think a good good sort of conversation about like what the how the world has changed a little bit, and how you know like what nowadays you want to you really need to understand what's coming out from Microsoft's uh, roadmap so that you sort of fit into it and as many things we had this sort of a conversation about well what where should we do custom and where should we not and we just had nice you know, talking about sort of like if it's a part of the horizontal like everybody needs this thing really try to stay away from doing a lot of custom work but if it is a line of, if it's a line of business application or a departmental solution or those types of things then yes that's what you that's a place where you'll want to 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 customize because that makes sense but in as much as you can le- leverage what, what is coming out from Microsoft, we almost we, – we, it was in a situ- situation where there were a lot of custom web parts built, and where our recommendation was go back to, like, there's already – there's something that's available from within the SharePoint platform that we can use from SharePoint Online. It was It was sort of like a – so Chris was there with me. It was a little bit of a surreal thing where he's, uh, you know, afterwards we are talking about it and um, there's sort of an uh, existential sort of questioning that was going on where like we were, we were recommending taking something that was custom developed and going back to the original platform because we know that Microsoft's gonna take that and run with it. And I also, I argue, um, I argue that in the creative and the innovative process, you have to create things and destroy that. Like a part of innovating is sometimes you're ahead of things and and you have to be able to be okay with the fact that you're not always going to be in line and sometimes you'll be ahead of the game. And that's a part of being like anybody who's innovative knows that they're going to create things that sometimes need to be destroyed. And so it was really, it was just, I just thought it was an interesting conversation about sort of the nature of things right now. And sort of aligning yourself with knowing what Microsoft is doing and getting you, yourself to the place where you can build custom line of business applications, but just sort of leveraging the heck out of everything that's coming out of Microsoft. And people need help with doing that. That's We still need to help people with like. Oh, there's something from Microsoft that does that and we can utilize that and then using the PMP in certain li- por- portions of it and things like that. I just thought it was an interesting conversation that someone was having today with sort of dealing with the nature of, of reality on a, in a cloud and, you know, in the fact that Microsoft's coming out with stuff and they need stuff today and just a really good conversation.
3: Yeah. I, I, you know, no matter where SharePoint has been on premise or now that it's in the cloud, I've always felt that it's had that 80, 20 rule hype of, you know, kind of mentality where it'll, it'll do 80% of what you do, but there's always a 20% that you want it to do that it, it can't. And that's where that decision of, do I want to build it? You know, let me look at the roadmap. Is anything like that coming in the next six months or a year? Yep. Do I want to build it? And all that sort of stuff. And, and Will and I've worked with customers like that, like, the, the, the one thing that I didn't see at Ignite that I thought might be coming is the ability for the news web part to filter across site collections. Um, I don't know that I saw that it may be on the roadmap, but we that was one of those things we built for a customer because the news web part and all, it, it has the best display capabilities, much better than the highlighted content web part. Um, so we built that for somebody, but we built it in a, a very methodical way that we knew if Microsoft comes, out with that replacement we'll just rip and replace ours out um, and get get back into mainstream mode so
0: anything along those lines as you guys are coming back and looking at your either your current projects or past projects anything that came out of this where you said like oh i got to reach out to them and let them know this and part of part of what i appreciate you guys going and doing is you you know staying staying on top of what's coming from microsoft so that we can Make good decisions. Anything that sort of came from the week where you're either on a current project or a past project, where you're going like, oh, we need to take advantage of that. That's we'll snip. we we'll smiling a little. A bit. Very long <laughs> list, yeah. Um, There's a very okay. That's good. And 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 I think you guys probably feel like this. Like you you know maybe something where we had to make a decision at the time. And I'm probably just this is the re- nature of reality, which is at that time you might not have had it, but now it's there. And I want us to sort of like to be able to go back to 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 folks and it's not so much it was it was the right decision at the time but you need to also sort of recognize that Microsoft's coming along and that sometimes we'll want to get them back on maybe something that's out of the box so that they're taking advantage of new features that might be coming out so
2: yeah yeah tons of stuff and trying to keep up with everything that's coming in office 365 is is literally a full-time job for somebody yeah um yeah and uh and even then you, you find out stuff that's not on their official roadmap or or what have you um twitter all the all of those avenues come into play but um i just yeah you know, i think about like uh, some of the things that i saw from uh we've kind of been talking about it internally was like formatting lists um uh pretty soon that's going to be super easy to do where you know you've yeah. got a status column and if it's overdue you you know the whole thing's red and stuff um like that was uh that was like a like a, a trick that i would pull out to show people because yeah i'm, I'm a developer i can do yeah. json that's fine um <laughs> but like yes you and know, it was not end user friendly and and they showed that quite a bit um so that yes definitely something in the past that we've not been able to really easily uh help customers do and i think that's that's just now an, another very easy tool to go out and, and and pull out for people um tons of stuff coming um god i mean just really really too much to name but i think like, the one thing that has really um sparked my imagination i think uh what was the you know, some of the conversations and stuff that that we had around uh, project cortex and machine learning and trying to think about um how how can uh how can we leverage that technology yeah. to help people um, understand uh, their content in a way that in the past really just hasn't been possible for us
0: is that something we can dog food on and at three will or is that any or is that more of a so
2: i'm currently studying to get my uh data scientist phd so i can go back to ignite next year and and you know uh <laughs> the, the the engineer at microsoft that told me they had to dumb it down for developers and that's uh <laughs> i thought i'm gonna go back and like, i got this but
0: um
2: it's, it's i mean it's a very, it's a very uh it's it's dense it, it's um it's way outside of my personal comfort zone but it is something that i think is, is very it's an interesting subject and it and has a lot of value uh so if we can wrap our minds around it then certainly it's something that we could we could dog food as you say and then apply to others
1: yeah I, I think it's from a how can we take advantage of it for our customers i think first is being aware that what comes out of the box with things like Project Cortex, what are they going to give us, what are at our fingertips for additional customizations like graph connectors and, and all of the search optimizations that they're making. But then being able to say, how can we utilize things like Azure Cognitive Services, Vision API, are there opportunities that customers may just not know what's available to them? So having the knowledge and understanding of you know, not just the Office 365 suite or the M365 suite, um, and those workloads that Microsoft's going to put. You know, they're going to imbue all of their services with all of the AI that they can. Uh, but finding opportunities that we can use, not just Office 365 and out of box, but extend it with things like custom connectors or uh, you know. Some great examples that I saw in a few um, sessions are things like using the Vision API or using the sentiment analysis or doing things that, that combine some some of the data that customers have at their fingertips and they don't know what to do with it. But how do you make sense of that? How do you provide some insights based on all of the data in one place now or can be um, so between what's in Office 365 and what you can now get into or will be able to get into Office 365 as far as search. Um, and then making sense of that is is kind of, I don't think customers are going to come right out and say, "Hey, I want a cognitive service to be used in this yeah. solution." It's yeah. it's really figuring out what's the be- what's the what's the business problem they're trying to solve, what what is a solution we can bring to bear, and does that include some of those services that Microsoft really has made fairly simple to to integrate some of those features. Now, what Will's talking about is taking it to the the next level and saying, "Hey, I've got custom." custom information and actually want to apply some custom um, AI or ML to that. Um, that's That I think is a little bit off, off, you know, a little bit further down the road, but it's it's more than possible. Awesome.
0: I appreciate you guys doing this, taking the time to do this, and, and welcome back to reality <laughs> and projects and fun stuff. And, and for, for Pete, welcome back to uh, security checklists. <laughs> I, I,
2: I, I'd just like to point yes. out that uh, pre-registration for Ignite 2020 is now open, Danny. Ah, is <laughs> it? Wink. There
0: we go. Wink, wink. Okay, excellent. <laughs> well, you being doing this podcast helps your <laughs> helps your cause. Uh, wink, wink. Um, <laughs> if you, you want to do more of these, I'm sure it would help your cause even more. Wink, wink. <laughs> all the kids are listening I'm out here at home all the, every time I uh, tell a joke they ask me to say wink wink afterwards so that they know when I'm being sarcastic And sometimes they don't know <laughs> So uh, well, I appreciate you guys uh, taking the time to do this. And I won't say wink, wink right now, because I really do. Um, and uh, and uh, look forward to seeing sort of what comes out of um, the conference and, and what sort of, how this gets us into trouble and projects and what comes out of this. I appreciate you guys. I know it's a lot of, it's a, it, they're long days, aren't they? I mean, it's a lot of, lot of hard work that gets put in. So I appreciate that for you guys. A lot of All stuff. All right. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening and have a wonderful day. Take care. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to the Work Together Better podcast. We're available on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you're looking for a partner to help you craft a modern digital workplace on the Microsoft cloud, please come by and see us at 3will.com. That's the number three spelled out, W-I-L-L.com. Thank you and have a great day.